Hey, thanks for checking out our show. If you like what you hear, we have tons of additional content at patreon.com slash the media lunch break. Uh, what's going on? Well, I just finished reading the reading assignment about six minutes ago. Okay, great. Great. I wrote a joke for it, though, so I got that. Well, then that's all we need. That's it. I came in here, I started setting up, and I looked down, and there was a slug on the floor. There was a slug? A slug. Like... The vermin or the, uh, the, like something from a shotgun? Neither? Okay. What's a, isn't vermin like a rodent? I think it's more rodent. I couldn't think of a good, I was like, it's not a bug. So I I wasn't sure. The pest, I guess you could say. Whatever. The the creature or, or just like a giant bullet from a, from a gun. I wish it was a bullet. At least my life would have more adventure in it. Yeah, it's true. But instead it's just a slug. Yeah, it was a slug. And it was the second one I found in two days. Mm. You got two more and you got an appetizer. Yeah, that's right. I got an appetizer already. Fry those suckers up. I that's what I'm saying. I've been suspecting there were some in here because every now and then there's a little bit of slime on some of these these things. And I thought, well, maybe it's humidity or something like it gets really gross in here. Or maybe it's somebody maybe it's you jerking off. Yep, there it is. But uh, and you're like, I know where I put my slime. Turns out I have some accidental pets. I got to pull up this carpet and fill some holes, I guess. <laughs> like how you were like, I suspected I had some in here. And I'm like, it's not like they scatter very quickly when you turn on the lights. <laughs> it should be pretty easy to, to find. Well, I don't think there are that many is the issue. I think, well, and also they are here and then they're gone, but their trail remains. Like many pests. Like you and me. Like you and me. That's right. Well, that's fun. So just pour some salt on it and... It's not a demon. That, isn't that what you're supposed to do with slugs? No! That kills them! Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Isn't that what you're Why trying to you do? Why you kill them? Isn't that what... What are you trying to do exactly? Just put them outside. They're not doing nothing. Literally, they're slugs. That's what I'm saying. They're not going to hurt me. I mean... They seem to be killing you slowly. Just well, that's exhaustion. not the only thing that's bugging me. I just, I'm starting to get a headache from... I, sp- I literally spent all day today working on... I spent most of the day working on our main topic, so we're going to need to get into that pretty quickly because okay. I have a lot of ideas. Okay. And then, yeah, spent the rest of the, the day reading, just cramming the reading the assignment. reading assignment? Okay. All right. How are you? I'm good. I spent... Um, very little time thinking about today's topic and uh, breeze right through the reading assignment. So this is going to be really nice, like push pull kind of uh, energy that we have going. Yeah. Here. Yeah. yeah. This will be nice. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. That'll be really good. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I feel like I could fall asleep at any moment. I cannot wait for that. Actually, it's it's shocking to me. I mean, shocking that in 90 plus episodes of this. Not one of us has fallen asleep on microphone. It really, I mean, it should have happened. We're quite due, yeah. Yeah, we are. I mean, there's, there's, there's a few things that we're due for to happen on the show, but falling asleep during is definitely one of them. Yeah, getting canceled is the other one. Yeah, we yeah, all, yeah, we yeah. nearly had it. Oh, we were so close a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we got canceled from YouTube for a second, for just a second, and then on the very next episode, I made a joke about people cutting themselves. <laughs> And yet, that was fine, apparently. Yeah. Apparently, YouTube is okay with that. Yeah. 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 Well, well, you know, YouTube, 
What a fickle bitch. I don't know how we're going to start this episode because I don't have, I feel like I don't have any jokes in me. I'm so burnt out from thinking about DC and like how to fix it. That implies that at other times you've had jokes in you before. I feel like, you know that story, for anyone who doesn't know this story, there's a story about Stan Lee and about how he was basically a coffee gopher when he started at Timely Comics, which would eventually become Marvel. And he was 17 years old. He was just like, he was working for Peanuts and he was just getting people coffee and then one day he walked in and no one showed up so he just they had all quit and no one told him so he just kept answering the phones and trying to work it out as best he could and was basically telling people over and over again don't worry we'll find someone we'll hire someone who can solve these problems and then they never did so he just had to solve all the problems that's i feel like him he must have i feel the same way that he must have felt at the end of every single day i'm i feel like i've just like trying to fix the DCU. We'll get into it, but <laughs> trying to fix the DCU. My God, it's oh, like man. it's like spinning plates while a hundred monkeys are trying to write Hamlet behind me. <laughs> How are they doing so far? Have you checked any of the drafts? One of them fucking wrote Macbeth. <sighs> so I cooked him and I ate him. Oh sure, but you're not going to pour salt on the slug. No, I poured salt on the monkey. Well, I mean that's delicious. Mmm. <clears throat> Everybody. Welcome to the Media Lunch Break, bringing you all of your comic geek and movie news all in the time it takes to eat a good sandwich and cook any sort of animal from a zoo. My name is Chris Trebel. Alongside me, as always, there was no reaction from Sarah on that one. I was waiting to see what would happen. My name is Chris Trebel. Alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Dunsay. Hello, Andrew. I'd eat donuts. I'd eat bagels. I'd eat hot dogs with mustard and beer. I'd eat eggplant. I would even eat a baby deer. La 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 la. Who's the baby deer on the lawn? That was beautiful. It's from The Simpsons. I know it is. We Yay. all know it is. Yes, we all know the reference. We should do an episode on The Simpsons at some point. I've been out of The Simpsons for quite some time. That's how you know uh, you've seen the good ones. Yeah, that's true. So, Andrew, uh, we talked a lot last week about. All the news going on with Warner Brothers Discovery and the DCEU. And then you came up with an idea that I thought was uh, somewhat brilliant. God damn it. Hold on a second. Everything was going good. And then my wife connected her AirPods to my computer. And now it just. Did you hang your mic from the ceiling? Could I hang? And then just like shove it up there so your kid doesn't mess with it? Why would that have anything to do with my wife's AirPods connecting to my computer? I don't know, man. <laughs> Just let me live my life. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't have the bandwidth for this. It was so genuine. That was the most genuine exhaustion I think I've ever heard you have. You were just like really tempted to zing me, and you were just like, I just don't. <laughs> just, just do it yourself. Zing, Fucking, zing yourself yeah. yourself. Insert, insert an insult for me. <laughs> so you came up with with what I think is is somewhat a, of a brilliant idea to follow up our news episode from last week, and that was basically. I wish Warner Brothers would come up with this idea. Oh, there's a zinger for you. There it is. Yeah, you saved it all for them, and that was what would we do if we were in charge. 
of the DCEU. Now, listen, you listening out there, you might say, you know, it's real easy to be some sort of Monday morning quarterback and just sit there and just yak on incessantly about what you would do when you have actual no no actual power or ability to control any of this. You don't know what it's like when you're actually in the hot seat in charge of billions of dollars. So where do you get the right to do it? It's real easy for you to do it. That's taking the, the lazy man's way out. To which I say... Yeah, that's yeah, pretty, of course. Yeah, that's pretty why, much it. Why that's wouldn't us. you? Well, of course we would. Of course, that's what we do this whole podcast for. Yeah, that's what this is. It's it's us doing this so we don't have to do it with any sort of consequence. And how dare you? Because I worked eight hours on this today. Wow. Okay. So let me. So I have. I, I lied a little bit. I have actually thought about this. However. And this seems like a good time to to ask you this question as we're about to launch into this conversation. Clarify this for me a little bit. And we can, I guess, kind of get into what you were, what your ideas are through this. But so what exactly, when you say, you know, if we were running the DCEU, do you mean storyline wise? Do you mean like uh, behind the scenes, what movies to make? Like, what was your, when you, when you came up with this premise, kind of outline some, give me, give me some structure to this. What are you thinking with this here? Today, you own Warner Brothers. Okay. What do you do to fix the DCEU? Leave immediately and turn off my I cell thought phone my first joke was going to be, all right, here's what I do, Chris. I throw it all in the trash. <laughs> I, I sell it for stock. Here's what I do. I tell Warner Brothers and the DCEU that I'll be back in 10 minutes. I'm going out for a pack of smokes. <laughs> and then maybe, yeah. maybe yeah. in about 10 years at their high school graduation, the DCEU can look in the back of the room and they see a shadowy figure that might be me standing there just to see them graduate. And then but only I if never... they don't go into theater. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So I'm in, so I'm in church. But what I'm saying is, Am I structuring a narrative for the DCEU or am I greenlighting projects? You are in charge. You can hire people to write stuff. You can write it yourself. You are in charge. Okay. Why don't you start? Because it sounds like you have, like I said, I've, I've, I've kind of come up with some a little more general ideas, I think, of what you're you're talking about. But it sounds like you really went kind of whole hog with this and went really in deep. I did. Because I want to make sure that it goes exactly the way I want it to. I'm also very interested to see what you have to say because uh, you have much more of an invested interest in these properties and these licenses. So and a knowledge that I don't have. Right. So let me let me start with you. And I think probably at some point I'll I'll be jumping in and kind of putting my two cents on where I would go with it as well. But since you have kind of more of a structured idea, so I don't it, think you are. Okay. Wait, what? Yeah. You don't think, I'm, I don't think you are going to jump in with okay. things about what you would do because mine is mostly meticulous writing of scripts. Oh, I see. What you're okay, cool. Then, uh, Andrew, let me pose you this question. What would you do if you were in charge of the DCEU? All right. Everything that isn't the Batman is no longer in continuity. Oh, okay. So that's where we go for starters. That is the first movie in the new DCEU. So any of the so any of the movies coming out, Aquaman 2, Shazam, Scrapped. Flash, do they or even come if, out? You know what? Or do you scrap them all? My employees want to get their checks. The stockholders want to get their bonuses. We can keep them coming out as long as the world knows. Like, we'll finish 
finish these and then we're moving on to something else. We have two different universes happening right now. Maybe 10 years down the line, we'll do like a crisis on infinite earths where the two of them meet or something. Right. But right now we're scrapping all that and we're moving in a different direction. And the Batman is going to be the primary universe. Yeah, it is the Iron Man of this right. MCU. Right. Okay. Okay. So we've got that. And now we move on to our second movie in this universe. Okay. Which is called The Superman. Ooh. The first 15 minutes, there's no dialogue. We see a ship crash through the roof of a barn. A couple goes to investigate. Ten seconds goes by. They walk out holding a baby. We see shots inside the house of Christmases and birthdays as years go by. We see that the kid has darker skin while his parents are white. <gasps> I know. I know we uh, we're, we're we're definitely accepting that we're not going to make much money on this. But, you know, what? I don't give a shit. It's the right thing to do. OK, we see him going to school. He's now age 12. We see a bully pin him up against a locker and take his money. We see it happen again the next day and again the next day and again the next day. We see it happen one more time. But this time our kid fights back and beats the bully within an inch of his life. We see him in the principal's office. We see him being driven home. We see him get ready for school the next day. But before he runs out the door, his dad stops him, talks to him, takes out his wallet, gives him some extra cash. This time, our kid walks up to the bully at school, talks to him, takes out the money, points to the cafeteria, and the two of them go eating together at a table, talking. Our kid passes the money he has left over across the table to the bully. The bully starts crying. The kid stands up, walks over, and holds him while he cries. Fade out. Ten years later, our kid is hugging his parents. We don't see his face as he picks up his suitcase and gets in his father's truck. We see him driving out of his small farm town past a sign that says, Welcome to Metropolis. We get a shot into the passenger seat and see the ad section of a newspaper. We see ads for movie showtimes at Schuster Hall, uh, a post that reads Metropolis Bank, proud to call Lex Luthor a valued customer. Mm. And we see help wanted BIPOC intern at respected newspaper. As the camera zooms in on the newspaper, the paper is abruptly picked up, revealing a desk. We're in Perry White's office. Sorry, kid, you don't have any experience. We pan up to see Brian Cranston at a desk. Yes! 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 I could end this episode right now if I wanted to. Wait till you hear the cast I have for this movie. Okay. All right. And besides, he says, this paper's a month old. I only need one diversity hire to keep the snowflakes off my back, and I already hired him. A stack of computer papers drops onto his desk. Thanks, Olsen. We turn and see Jimmy Olsen played by Danny Pudi. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is getting better and better. I know. You know what's wild about this? You know how old Danny Pudi is? Yeah, he's like, I think he's our age, isn't he? He's 44. Is he really? He's so much older than I thought, oh but he's playing a young guy here. But he's playing a 21-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> I figure Jimmy Olsen can be an older guy, too. I'm not too, like, hurt about that. Okay. It's the personality that's important, sure. right? Sure, sure, so sure. So you don't have to make him look young if he's starting to look old or whatever. Sure. Olsen says, no offense, Chief, but I don't think you can say that in an interview. This guy could sue you. Perry gives Olsen a, why did you give him that idea look? Olsen gives Perry an, oh shit, I'm sorry look, and flees the room. The camera finally pans over to the other man sitting at the desk, our protagonist, played by Dev Patel. Oh, what? Who's giving a confused look to Perry. Perry looks disappointed. He sighs. 
He says, part-time, minimum wage. Our hero says, I'll be writing papers. Perry says, you'll be getting coffee. He checks his watch. Me. You'll be getting me coffee right now. Our hero understands. He gathers his things and walks briskly to the door. Perry says, oh, wait, kid, you didn't give me a resume. What's your name? Our hero stops at the door, rushes back to the desk, shakes the hand of his new boss, Clark, Clark Kent. Perry writes Clark Kent spelled wrong on a guest pass. Kent says, thank you so much, sir. I won't. Perry interrupts him by slapping the guest pass hard onto his shirt and says, coffee, Clark, coffee. Show this badge to Winslow at the front desk. He's a real stickler for the job. Never leaves his damn desk. We cut to evening. Outside of a shitty apartment building, inside, Clark has just gotten out of the shower. He's in his red and blue pajamas. He has a towel over his shoulders that he just used to dry his mid-length hair, so his hair's a mess. He's eating shitty Chinese food while talking on his shitty landline with his incredible parents. He says his first day was great, but he's tired. They ask if he had any slip-ups. He says, I got Perry's coffee wrong. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he fired me on the spot. His mom says, not that kind of slip-up. Clark says, no, mom, I told you, I'm not ready. His mom says, we know the world will love you as much as we do when you're ready. They tell him to get some rest. They get off the phone. He puts his trash in an overflowing trash can, ties up the bag, pulls it out, starts to walk downstairs. He goes to the back alley with the dumpster. He hears, sorry, lady, nothing personal. Someone high up wants to make sure you stay out of Gotham. Clark turns the corner, sees a man holding a woman up against a wall. The woman is blindfolded, her hands zip-tied. The man has a knife. He says, maybe I could get a little extra out of this. How much do you think a kidney is worth? And lucky me, you've got two of them. The man pulls the knife back to stab her just as a hand reaches out and stops it. The knife man says, what the hell? What are you, a cop? Clark says, no, not at all. I was just curious what was going on here. Are you all right, ma'am? The woman yells, help me, as the knife man punches Clark square in the nose and breaks every finger in his left hand. Clark doesn't move an inch. Clark says, hey, now, that's assault. Faster than a human should be able to move. He takes the blindfold off the woman, ties the man's hands together with it, lifts him with one hand and hooks him onto the fire escape above. He then rushes up the stairs to his apartment, dials 911 on the phone. He says he heard a man fighting out in the back alley. He's worried a woman might be hurt as well. He gives the address, falls onto his couch, turns on the TV. He walks into the building the next day and checks in with Winslow at the front desk. As he gets off the elevator, he sees the woman he saved in the office. He ducks into a cubicle. He hears her talking about last night. She says it was dark and he moved like the wind, but the man was tall with wild hair and a strong voice. Other than that, she didn't get a good look at him. Clark rushes downstairs, finds a gift shop on Metropolis Avenue. He borrows a comb that says Metropolis Meteors on it. He slicks his hair over. He sees they sell fake glasses. He picks up a random pair and says, how much are these? The next shot is him walking past an empty desk in the lobby, into the elevator, then into the office with coffee, wearing the glasses. He's shifting his alignment and his voice. Perry says, Clark, you're late. This is Lois Lane, just back from a trip to Gotham. We finally get a good look of the woman, and we can see she's Blake Lively. Oh, yes. She tells him about the craziest thing that happened after she got back from investigating the Batman last night. Clark says in a weak voice, well, I guess you know now to stay away from Gotham. And Lois says, are you kidding? This means I'm on the right track. Besides, I've got a guardian angel on my side now. Actually, I'm supposed to be talking to Lex Luthor, the head of LexCorp, about it right now. He's 20 minutes late. 
All of a sudden, a loud blast is heard. The building shakes. Cut to the front lobby, blowing to pieces. The office evacuates. While they're going down the stairs, Clark uses his x-ray vision to see someone trapped under a column in the floor above them. Clark says, oh, I forgot something. I'll be right back and runs upstairs. Lois yells after him, but he's gone. More blasts as he's moving through rubble, trying to get to the trapped woman. A blast straight to his face knocks his glasses off and messes his hair. He finally gets in, sees her, lifts the column. An explosion behind him blocks the way out, so he picks her up and flies out the window with her. Cut to the front door. We see Lois, Olsen, and Perry holding up the rear of a long line of people evacuating. They make it out the door just as the building collapses into itself. Lois gasps. Perry says, what's wrong? She starts to tear up and says, the new guy went back upstairs to grab something. I should have stopped him. Perry says, oh, my God. He holds her and says, hey, there's nothing you could have done. This isn't your fault. Olsen joins the hug and says, it's my fault he got hired in the first place. I never should have told you to hire him. The camera turns slightly and we see Clark in the hug as well with new glasses and recombed hair. He says with tears in his eyes, I'm going to miss that building, too. Everyone loses it. Lois says, how did you, where did you, how are you alive? He says, did you know there's a fire escape out back? We probably should have all taken that down, come to think of it. That night, we see Clark at home watching the news. The reporter says there were no casualties. The police found that the explosions had been caused by an explosive hidden in Toys for Tots bins that were located around the building. An interview with a woman describes being saved by a mysterious flying man. They show a sketch, but it's just a generic-looking dark-skinned man with messed up hair. Clark laughs. The reporter adds that this explosion comes just days after Windshot Jr. was killed by a similar explosion at a cafe in New Troy. Clark orders a comb and a 20-pack of fake glasses on his phone. While he's sitting, he hears another explosion. He can see a bright light across town, so he whooshes over to investigate. This time it's a limo, blown up. The driver is inside. Clark pulls him out. He's breathing. Clark finds the nearest payphone, calls 911, whooshes away. The next day at work, new building, everyone's unpacking boxes while assembling desks and chairs. Perry says, did you hear about that car that blew up last night? Clark says, oh yeah, wild. Do they know what caused it? Perry says, likely it's just some kids putting pipe bombs in gas tanks of empty cars. Empty cars? What about the driver? The driver wasn't in the car at the time. Clark says, is that what they said on the news? And Perry says, yeah, why? You didn't see the news? How do you know so much about this? He says, oh, well, uh, I have an anonymous informant who saw a driver. Perry explains that the owner of the car is a freelance driver to the richest elites in Metropolis, and he's missing. Perry says, hey, if you've got such an exclusive take on this, why don't you hunt it down? Scoop it out. Lois can help you. Lois drops a box and says, uh, fine, but you're paying me overtime for training the new kid. Lois and Clark are in an office going through files and circling areas on maps trying to figure out the motive. They've been working at it all day, and it's after hours now. They've got the Daily Bugle, the limo, the cafe in New Troy, but nothing's connecting. Clark asks Lois to turn the volume on the TV up in the office. There's been another explosion. This one is at Metropolis Bank. It's the evening, so there are no casualties. None of the money was taken, but it's all been destroyed. Clark says, oh my God, I know what the next target is, and runs out the door with Lois. Uh, As they're getting into Clark's old truck, Lois says, Clark, will you slow down and explain this to me, please? They start driving. Clark explains. The first target was the Daily Planet. The next one was the limo driver for the elites of Metropolis. The third was Metropolis Bank. Lois says, so he's hitting what? People associated with rich people? The Daily Planet's not rich. We barely make a profit. 
Clark says, not rich people, rich person. He points to a billboard ad for Metropolis Bank that has Lex Luthor's face on it. Lois remembers, I was supposed to be interviewing Luther the morning the office was hit. But what about the cafe in New Troy? Clark says, I'm not sure. Maybe that one was a coincidence, but we've got to get to Luther before the killer does. They make their way to LexCorp. The front lobby has already been blown up. Lois and Clark run up the stairs to the penthouse and see a room full of hostages and Winslow, the desk man. The front desk guy for the Daily Bugle. Daily Planet. That's the one. It doesn't matter. I'm thinking maybe Giovanni Ribisi? Mm. Oh, and he's dressed in the limo driver's clothes so he could get to Lex Luthor. He's holding an ignition switch. Lex Luthor is tied up at his desk. Luther says, Miss Lane, my apologies for not being able to make our scheduled meeting. I got held up at a company merger. I assure you, I was still planning to meet. I just thought I would be a little late. Wait, who's playing Lex Luthor in this? So that's where we are now. Okay. I cannot make a decision. I have four choices. I, I started with about 10, and I've narrowed it down. Do you want to hear the short list? I do. Bradley Cooper. Okay. John Cusack. Okay. John Hamm. Uh-huh. Aaron Eckhart. I say John Hamm. Yeah, I like that one, too. I love all of these. Yes. But yeah, Cusack, I think, is a little old for the character I want. But yeah, John Hamm, I, I like as well. All right. Clark could snatch the detonator out of the man's hand in a split second if he wanted to. He could laser the guy in half. He could fly him over the middle of the ocean, drop him, and be back in seconds. But he's in a room full of people. He's not ready to let the world know who he is. Clark asks, why are you doing this? Winslow says, Luther killed my son. He volunteered to be experimented on at LexCorp, so I'm going to kill Luther the same way he killed my son. Clark says, hang on, let's talk about this. Let me help you. He sits down cross-legged on the floor. Lois, arms in the air, says, Clark, what are you doing? Clark says, oh, yeah. Hey, is it okay if everyone else goes home? You have Luther. No one else needs to get hurt. Winslow agrees. Lois reluctantly leaves with the rest of the hostages. The entire third act is Clark Kent, not Superman, talking this man down. I've got a whole thing in here. I think it could be done in a much better way than I've done it. <laughs> like with money and budget and stars? No, and no, like just like I think if I had more time than today, I think I could make a better, a more clever way of him psychologically figuring this guy out right. and being able to communicate with him and effectively talk him down from killing the man who killed his son. Right. So Clark asks where the driver is. Winslow says he's tied up in his apartment. Clark explains that his grandmother died when he was really young and that right after the funeral, a bully started picking on him at school. So he hurt the bully back. But his dad sat him down and explained that his grandmother wouldn't want him to hurt other people for any reason. He slowly takes out his wallet, removes a photo, passes it to Winslow. Winslow walks over, picks it up. Winslow says she was beautiful. Winslow takes out his wallet, pulls out a photo, and hands it and the photo of Grandma Kent back to Clark. Is this your son? Winslow confirms. Clark says, I'm so sorry. He had his whole life ahead of him. But so do you. Your son wouldn't want you to die for him. He wouldn't want you to continue this cycle of pain. If you kill Luther, you'll be taking someone else's son or brother or uncle. Clark stands and says, it's never too late to change direction. You haven't killed anyone yet. You can negotiate. Get off on an insanity plea. You still have time to make your son proud. He starts walking towards Winslow. Winslow warns Clark to stay back. Clark says, I can't possibly begin to understand what you're going through right now. But I know there's still hope. 
And if Luther is responsible for what happened to your son, the Daily Planet will help make things right. Clark holds Winslow while he cries, just as he did with the bully years ago. Winslow drops the detonator. We see him in cuffs outside being set into a police car. Luther, in a blanket outside of his building, tells an officer to thank the negotiator they sent in. The officer says they didn't get the chance. Winslow turned himself in before the negotiator got there. The next day, the team is hunkered in the new office. Everything's set up. Clark is sharing details while Lois types. He asks if they have security footage from the new Troy Cafe. She says it should be on the cloud, and she's going to get lunch. She adds, don't expect to find anything. I watched that video a hundred times. The bomb location is behind some kid, so you can't even see it. Clark finds the video. He watches it. The bomb isn't behind the kid. It is the kid. He remembers Winslow saying he was going to kill Luther the same way he killed his son with an explosion. Post-credit scene. Luthor talking to his assistant says, that was too close. If the other experiments are as unstable as number 47, we're going to have a lot of problems on our hands. How far along is Operation Metallo? It's pretty good. I like that. That was a good... Thank you. That's a good post-credit scene. Yeah, right? Yeah. So that's the the second movie. It has to be about hope because the first one is about despair. Okay. Right? Right. Batman is about like just everything awful in the world. This one has to be about the fact that like justice can happen. Right. 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 And that people don't have to die. There's a way around it. Right. Movie three is titled The Court of Owls. So that was the longest script I have. I have like a couple. This one's probably the second longest, but most of these are from now on just sort of like, this is an idea I have for this. Hayden Christensen plays the brother. Uh, oh, okay. In Court of Owls. Right. That's my idea for that. I like because, that. Uh, yes. Because reasons. Yes. But uh, because, one major difference. Because reasons. <laughs> one major difference in this. Yes. He's trying to find Selena Kyle. He tracks her to, uh, the, the Batman does. He's trying right, to find right, Selena right. Kyle. He tracks her to a sewer way. A lot of the other stuff happens from the comics. He starts to see things that aren't real. You know, they're like attacking his mental state. Right, right, but right. But instead of their champion, you know how he fights that one big owl guy? Yes. The one thing that's real and more terrifying from, than his visions, to find Batman, the owls took Selina Kyle hostage. They've tortured her and shaped her mind into hating the Batman. Now all she wants is to kill the Batman. And so they fight. And she is fighting to the death. I'm not super sure how how much of the comic to keep in, how much to shift, but essentially he loses he the the end of this movie is he loses the battle with the Court of Owls. They're still around. Right. Okay. I'm not sure who's alive, who's in jail. I know that Bruce knocks Selena unconscious in order to drag her up to the street. He's forced to put her into Arkham because she just wants to kill him. So Bruce is defeated. He needs help. Post credit scene. Bruce is doing research on the Flying Man of Metropolis. He traces it back to a tabloid in Smallville, the first report. Bruce calls around random houses in Smallville, asking if anyone there seems like they were out of place. Every single person says, the Kents. They all say, there's something off about that Kent kid. Bruce Wayne decides to take a trip. A helicopter lands in the front yard of the Kents. Bruce walks past an old Volkswagen and knocks on the front door. Bruce introduces himself and asks if their son is around. They say no, and that he lives in Metropolis now. Bruce asks if they can give him an address. Just as they ask him what this is all about, 
Clark walks in through the front door. He says, Ma, Pa, I decided to take a long weekend and come visit. He enters the room. Who's this? Bruce sees that the reason the small conservative town of Smallville was suspicious of Clark is because of the color of his skin. Bruce thanks them for their time and walks outside. On his way out, Bruce notices that there's only one car still in the driveway, even though their son just got home from Metropolis. I I was there. I was there. I I I wasn't just telling you. I was telling everyone, just in case they didn't pick up on it. He gets in his helicopter and he leaves. Movie four is titled The Superman and The Man of Steel. People keep dying one by one around Metropolis in horrific ways. One guy was burned to death. Another was crushed, etc. Clark and Lois are working together, since he's her good luck charm now, to crack the case. She cons information out of people while Clark relies on his, quote, anonymous informants around the city. All of the deaths eventually point to Lex Luthor. They've all been going through the experimental trials from the previous movie, The Victims. This allows Lois and Clark. Can you tell I scribbled this down as quick as possible? (laughs) I'm trying to do damage control now. This allows Lois and Clark to narrow down the remaining subjects. Lois hacks into Luther's network. Yeah, this should have come first. So Lois has hacked into uh, Luther's network and obtained a list of subjects. They realize that the first 11 murders were all the first 11 when the list is in alphabetical order. Right. So they know who the next one is. They hunt down the next one on the list, a school teacher in Suicide Slum. While they're sitting out in Lois's car, a robot attacks the school. Clark tells Lois to drive back and start writing. Clark is going to take a cab to his informants to see if they have any info on this robot that's just, like, murdering people and, like, knocking down school walls. As robots are prone to do. Hell Yeah. Instead, however, Clark rushes into the school. When he lands in the school, he's dressed in a halfway decent Superman outfit. When Superman goes to fight the robot, he hurts his hand. He, like, throws a punch at the robot, and it doesn't do any damage. In fact, it hurts him. The robot starts beating the shit out of him. He tries to fly away, but he just falls. The robot knocks Superman unconscious. The robot continues to walk down the hall towards its target. It opens the door to a classroom, sees a bunch of kids and a man. The man yells, it's me you want, right? Let the kids go. The robot starts to charge up an electric blast when Superman tackles it out of the way and yells, get out of here, run. The class leaves down the hall. The robot starts beating the ever-living shit out of Superman. It's about to deliver the final blow when an electric blast hits it from behind, frying its circuits. It falls. Jefferson Pierce, the teacher from the classroom, played by Donald Glover, was experiment number 12 and has defeated Metallo. Oh, that's pretty good. He helps Superman take it into one of the science labs. They dig around in it. Pierce notices it's made largely of a rare conductor called kryptonite and that it's receiving data from somewhere. Superman asks, what data? From where? Just then, Metallo sits upright, startling the heroes. A voice is heard. A distress call. Help! Help! The planet of Kolu is fallen. I'm the only one left. I'm headed to Earth to take the planet as my own. I'll do the same with any other planets I encounter. I am on course to arrive in one year. I have my entire planet's catalog of knowledge. I will upload the data directly into my neocortex in preparation for a full planetary takeover. Hopefully it will be enough. If you would like to help, signal for Brainiac, the Collector of Worlds. Then Metallo wakes up. He's just a man. A metal man. John Corbin, experiment number 13. 
He signed up to be part of an experiment for LexCorp, but they replaced his whole body with metal and kryptonite. His programming gave him the ability to replicate any other experiment's powers in an attempt to make their deaths look like an accidental suicide. Post-credit scene. Jefferson, John, and Clark drive to Wayne Manor. Clark explains that he didn't know who else to go to. Bruce tells them he can't help them, and he slams the door in their face. As soon as they turn around, the Batman is behind them. Clark asks how long he's been following them. He says, long enough. Tell me what you know. They explain the kryptonite and the message from Brainiac and mention he's uploading the entire catalog of Kolu's knowledge. Batman says, we're going to need more help. Follow me. Jefferson asks, help with what? Batman turns back and says, saving the world. The end. Movie five. Justice League, the seven samurai. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm I'm just in love with the title itself. I know. It's basically going to be a remake of The Seven Samurai. It's going to be Batman, Superman, and Jefferson trying to find four more people so they can have seven seven people and they they're just trying to like follow leads, figure out who's real, who's not. Like I fully envision they find Someone like maybe with the, even with the name Booster Gold, who's actually not the real Booster Gold, who's just some fake. Yeah. Yeah. So here's who they find. You ready for this cast? Yes. They find the Flash played by Joe Keery. Wait, who's Joe Keery? Oh, I know the name, but I can't place the face. You'll recognize him as soon as you look him up. I'm looking him up right now. Oh, yeah, of course. How can I not know this? It's good, right? Oh, man, that's good. <laughs> Holy God. It, for those of you who don't know, I'll save you the joke. It's, it's, uh, it's the guy from Stranger Things. It's, it's Steve? It's, um, Steve from Stranger yeah. Things. Yeah. Yeah. Aquaman, played by Zac Efron. That's pretty brilliant. Right? Yep. We've got Green Arrow, played by Daniel Kaluuya. <gasps> Ooh. And I'm going to get to something with that later. Okay. And I'm on the fence with Wonder Woman. I've narrowed it down to three. Would you like to hear the short list? Please. I think you'll like them. Vanessa Hudgens. Okay. Rachel Zegler. Rachel Zegler. Okay, keep going. She was, I, she was Maria in um, that musical that I don't like. West Side Story. Okay, yeah, yeah. And Ariana DeBose. Who was also in West Side Story. I know I know Ariana DeBose. Oh, Ariana DeBose would be a good choice. Rachel Ziegler, yeah. She could be good, too. I'm looking for younger, because I want this to be like a 10 to 15 year thing. Yeah. So, like, it's it's getting, it's hard for me to find actors that, there yeah. are a lot of actors that I'm like, oh, this actor would be good. I thought, like, oh, Kenneth Branagh would be good for um, Lex Luthor. Right. And then I was like, he's fucking 70 years old or some shit, you know? Yeah. Even, like, Stanley Tucci was one I thought for him as well, and he's, like, almost 70. Right. But I will say this, for Wonder Woman, it could be interesting to go just slightly older, as in, I you know. know, she is a turn. And, and women tend to live longer also. Well, also, because that's my only concern, just honestly. Just to give her, like, um, a little more gravitas when all these, yeah. like, young guys come in and it's like, nah, this. It, you, and it, it just kind of gives her a little more. Yeah. You know, so, like, I know, um, what's her name? She's in Top Gun. She was in The Rocketeer. Beautiful mind. Jennifer Connolly. Oh. Has always been tossed around to be Wonder Woman. I don't, has I don't like that. Well, all right, fine. Fuck me then. Well, it's again, it's just like, how old is she? Right. But I'm saying I'm happy old. taking like a kind of kind of older. All right, fine. But I, I don't know. Someone who was like 51. I'm trying to keep them all like Dave Patel is 32. 
you know, the guy playing Robert Pattinson is like 33. I'm trying to keep him pretty damn young. Yeah, you do love him. <clears throat> I'm trying to keep him in the 30s. I even considered, you know, you want to hear a, a crazy casting for Lex Luthor that I thought about? Go for it. But I thought it too old. Sigourney Weaver. I don't think that's too. I, I think that would be fine. I, for me. I, I just if this is going to go on for like 20 years, mm-hmm. like how old is Sigourney Weaver age? 72. She'd be 92 in 20 years. Meh. She's a great choice, but I just I wish we were doing this 20 years ago. I would do it then. But again, like it's it's not how old the actor is, is how old that the, they seem. No, like, I'm no, I'm literally just talking about I don't want them to die. I understand what you're saying. That's but also, all I care about. Typically, like Stanley Tucci, you said is older, but he would be a great choice. But he's also like fit as like a man half his age so chances I are agree. he will still be around you know what yeah I, mean? I just i don't want to risk it like chadwick boseman was also very very fit and i i get that he had like a genetic like i think yes, he had cancer that's but, a whole different so thing. It, it is it is but the older you get the more at risk you are for those things i just look it's a it's a tricky subject I'm the one doing it. I mean, that's fine. You put Stanley Tucci as anyone you want oh, in yours. Okay. You cast Sigourney Weaver as Batman. She already is. See if I give a shit. Here we go. Last movie. Are you ready for this? Yes, I am. So when we filmed the first Superman movie way back when, right? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes. Yes. I remember. I was there for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We also filmed another secret film. <gasps> what? Called. You're a madman with this money. I know. Called The Dark Knight Returns. <gasps> and the reason we filmed this then was two reasons. One. Sigourney Weaver will be dead by now. Close. But so the first one is I want Dev Patel to look exactly the same. I don't want Superman to age as best as I can help it. Oh, I know. What you, I see. What so you're doing. Bruce okay. Wayne is going to be an old man. Right. Superman is going to be 32. Right. You I know? get it. I get it. So here we go. There's. I will get to the other one later. But Batman, Bruce Wayne, actor, Stephen Lang. Yes. That's pretty good. Robin. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the character's name. Robin will be played by Sophia Lillis. Who is Sophia Lillis? You ask oh, that Sophia every Lillis. time I bring her the, up. Yes, Sophia Lillis is the, the person perfect I ask, choice. Sophia? Yes, she is the perfect choice. And in 10 years, when we finally get around to these, she might not be anymore. Because no. she'll be like 35. Yes, you know? I agree. So I want to do it right now. Right. She's the right age. Dev Patel's the right age. Yep. Stephen Lang is alive. <laughs> yep. yep, 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 yep. And Green Arrow, previously played by Daniel Kaluuya, is now... Old version, Idris Elba. That's brilliant. That's really good. One-armed Green Arrow. Oh, God, I love Idris Elba. That's how I save the DCEU. That's good. One hour into this fucking thing. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, that's that's really, really good. I did not go that in-depth with it, but I think... I literally cl- spent my whole day on this. I know. I can tell. Jesus. I can tell. But that's, that's excellent. So... And after those five, like, does it, so are you thinking this structures into something more akin to Marvel where it will eventually kind of like, like, do you do this in phases where it's yeah. a, it's a just the justice yes. league movie and then you move on to something. I, yeah. Okay. I'm not too worried. What I want is 
every single character to have their extremely different aesthetic. So each of their movies has an extremely different aesthetic. And that's where Marvel and DC will differ. The Batman will always be dark and morose. And it feels bad to watch. Even though it's good, it feels bad in your stomach. Superman will always be hopeful, optimistic, and end with like a great message of sunshine and love. And like, you know, Barry Allen's movies are going to be about science fiction. Aquaman's movies are going to be about kicking ass in the sea. You know, like we've got our and and um, Wonder Woman's going to be, you know, uh, uh, the Greek war movies and stuff like that. We've got our aesthetics. The Justice League movies are how they interact with each other. Right. How they clash, how that how that comes together. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. I think that's a pretty solid, uh, solid, like phase one, essentially. And the hardest part is that I don't really like I don't know. Fuck off. I don't know. Brainiac from Adam. Like, I have no idea who this character. I did a little bit of research. Yeah, you got it. You got it pretty much on the nose. But the other thing is that, like, I don't want to do Doomsday or Darkseid again. Yeah. Because we just did it. We just got done with this. And I'm like, who are the other, like, world-ending characters? I can't do the Anti-Monitor because they just did that in the shows. Yeah, but you could. I mean, you could. I know you can, but I I want to stay away from that. Right, 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 right. So, yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, for me, like I said, I I didn't plot out any specific movies, but I, I have this kind of idea. It's basically I'm looking at what Warner Brothers is doing right now. And I was thinking really and and I'm going to repeat a little bit of what I've said on the show before as as far as where I think this should go, because I I feel like, you know, one of the frustrations that Warner Brothers is having right now is like when Discovery bought Warner Brothers. I think one of the reasons we're getting everything being kind of cut and gutted and everything is they look at Marvel and they're like, this is so easy why can't you why can't we do this? This should be a license to print money right now. It's such a simple concept. Why can't we get this right? So they're kind of clear in house. And I understand that. However, and I've said this before, Marvel does that so well that anytime you do that, which is basically what the DCEU has been trying to do is replicate it, every it just smacks of imitation. Yeah. Right? So what I would do, you know, there was a time in the comics when DC was thought of as like the smart man's comic compared to Marvel. Marvel was more like, you know, the thing that a, that a kid would read. Less talky, more punchy. Less talky, more punchy. And DC was more intellectual, right? Yeah. And, and I know I've said this before, but that's the direction I think Warner Brothers should take this, take all their movies. So basically. Kind of like the Batman. Kind of like the Batman. Yeah. Exactly. Or Joker. Yeah. Folia Un. Folia Dark. No, Folia Un. Folia Un. The first one. Yes. And then Folia Dark coming up. Maybe. Maybe. No, I think that one is like. They're definitely doing that one. They, have, I think they've said like, no, that's still going on. Well, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, maybe that one will be heady and cerebral. Oh, I see what you, yeah, 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 yeah. But basically, I would, here's what I would do. I would, first of all, release Batgirl. <laughs> Let, finish that. That'd be one. Okay. So basically, everything you had, almost everything you had on tap, have it come out. Right. That's a good point. I'm going to add that to mine, too. That's one of the ones that's in the process. Hey, my my employees got to get paid, you know, release yeah. that shit. Yeah. Release that shit. Let the, let them finish it. We already spent money on it. OK. And I listen, I understand the idea of like wanting to save as much money and everything. But I'm also I'm a 
pretty cheap son of a bitch, all right? Yeah. I'm the dad who finishes their kids' food just so I don't have to throw it out. <laughs> like, well, and also, like, I like I don't I don't know how much money it costs to put something in theaters. Like, I suspect there's part of a contract that, like, part of it, you have to pay AMC for a certain amount of theaters. There's, I suspect. Just put it on fucking HBO Max for rent. No, it's it's essentially, I think, the opposite. AMC pays them. I don't know the, how. I'm just saying maybe. I don't know. I'm not no, positive. I, I think what happens is because because I know movie theaters make notoriously little on the actual movies that they yes, show. I know. And I think it's because they pay essentially the studio for the mm. print. That's what it is. Yeah. Right. But I don't know if that's because like there's there could be that there's a flat fee that you have to pay and then you make the ticket sales back. Yes. So if WB thinks we're not going to make the ticket sales back. Right. Well, you know, uh, right, maybe right, they right. don't want to put it in theaters. I don't know how it works is all I'm saying. Right. So if you are worried about something like that, just put it up for rent on streaming sites. This is what I'm saying. So basically what I would do is, first of all, release Batgirl. All right. And you're too far into Flash to <laughs> the, yeah. to can't describe it yeah. completely. Okay, one I would release Batgirls in the theaters. Two I would release Flash maybe just on a streaming service. Yeah. The only hiccup in this plan for me is that essentially one of those movies, and it it's probably going to be the Flash, which is what the Flash I think is going to actually do, is essentially. DC is trying to to be in their multiverse phase just like Marvel is. Yeah. All right. The difference for me is what Marvel is doing is they're in their multiverse phase, but you were still watching it through the lens of like the primary MCU world. Right. Can I ask you, too, before we go on, do you put a disclaimer at the beginning saying that Ezra Miller is a fucking psychopath? No, but basically put it either into theaters. If you're going to put it in theaters, just put it in theaters and just let the chips fall. But he's not going. He is certainly not going out on press. And, you know, uh, you can maybe have. First of all, I would march out Michael Keaton like a like give him literally just give him like a, a fucking soldier like a, a fucking <laughs> Thanksgiving Day float down <laughs> fucking Sixth Avenue. OK, like that, Santa waving to the people. Yes, I, yes, he, yes, absolutely. Like that yeah. guy goes everywhere. <laughs> In fact, you you hire a few body doubles. Right. <laughs> so just he can to, hit up multiple places multiple, at yeah, once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, that, I mean, that's what you would do. But allow Flash to do that, whatever this multiverse thing is going to be. But instead of fixing it and instead of having a central DCEU after that, let this multiverse shatter everything and then don't have one. And make a whole slew of different movies with all of your characters and just let that be be become again just like the comics used to be become like the more intellectual become the smart man's comics movie studio right so you have things like joker right or the batman and basically allow people to just come into whatever movie they want and and not have to feel like there's a central storyline that they have to follow. And it also allows you to not feel beholden to like origin stories or things like that. Most a lot of your characters, you know, 
Superman, Batman, we know what the origin is. So you can yeah. make, you can launch right into those. But there's also a lot from there. There, DC has been really good over the years of creating some really interesting alternate universe storylines. We've talked about them. We've done episodes about them on this show, right? Yeah. There's a line of ones that they publish every couple of years called Earth One, which I absolutely love every one of them. And those are really great things to draw from where it's like a completely different idea of what you've seen in green lantern, a completely different idea of the Titans and allow them uh, allow that to be kind of your standard bearer where you can get a filmmaker and just marry that filmmaker right to the product, right to the story they're telling. And it doesn't have to fit into a larger sense. Right. And then you're not impersonating Marvel. No one can accuse you of trying to do something that, someone else has already done. Yeah, you're taking a huge left turn from Marvel. You're taking a huge left turn. You're the alternate idea, right? You're the alternative and be the alternative and go big with this. Well, and even, I I wouldn't even say that at that point, right? Like, right now DC is the alternative. You've got the product and then you've got the off brand. Yes. Yeah. So like this would be another good product. So instead of getting like, well, what's, I don't want to pay this much for a miracle whip. I guess I'll get like spicy mayo or whatever yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so instead it, what you're doing now is like well there's miracle whip over here and then there's also a bag of chips two completely right. different products and i right. will like them both yeah yeah yeah. and basically you create multiple franchises from that you have the batman and that franchise you have you know a green lantern franchise things like that and the other thing with again i i draw more from like this earth one concept it because the idea with Earth One is that they are all standalone stories and no one's really clear if this is its own universe or not. There's been a rumor that they're going to make a a Justice League Earth One. Oh, like they might all be in the same universe. They together. might all be in the same universe, but they might not. There's no direct right. references to each other. So Justice League Year One could either be all those characters coming together or, or it could be a, a whole completely new separate thing. thing. Yes. And I mean, and these storylines diff uh, and these also deviate sometimes wildly from the origin story of uh, right. that are, is normally in the comics. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, one of my favorites is the Green Lantern, and he's an astronaut. Oh, that's probably about the equivalent of what a jet pilot was when he was created. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he's and he's an astronaut, but it's like in the future. He's gotcha. like on a meteor somewhere. Uh, and it's a really interesting, you know, three, three, I almost said movie, three book arc and do something like that. And it's just really completely different uh i mean some of the ones you keep i mean batgirl should come out blue beetle should come out you should double down uh, the other the only thing i would draw from marvel is double down on your more obscure characters yeah okay if marvel's taught us anything it's that you can because the other thing is people go into a batman or superman with a certain expectation right and you have to then all you can do the, the bar, the minimum you have to do is meet it or beat it. Right. Yeah. If you put out a green lantern movie not everybody knows the origin story of that or really what it is. So you can do kind of whatever you want and get, have the ability to really uh, subvert expectations. A justice league dark, which Guillermo del Toro was rumored to do years ago right. would be fantastic 
because nobody knows who these characters are. Yeah. And you start fresh. But again, break it off into this multiverse and don't have a central storyline through through all these different movies. I mean, you could go for years doing this. And then at some point, if you were to like, again, the rumor is that maybe Earth One is all connected. You can start to put these pieces back together. Yeah. And then possibly do a crisis on Infinite Earths, something like that, and bring it back together again. But get people interested. And also it gives you a chance to really see like what resonates and what doesn't. Right. What characters do fans enjoy? And which ones kind of fall by the wayside. Yeah. And then you go, these are the top five, six characters. That's going to make our Justice League. Yeah. And then we can bring them together. And then if we want to create one cohesive universe from there, then we can do it. That's true. I mean, nobody realized that the first phase of the Marvel movies were all together until they came out. Right. Like, even with... Even when Iron Man came out and he, they had that, I want to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. People were still like, okay, Captain America is coming out next, but like, that's probably its own standalone thing, right? right? Like right, right. we'll probably get a sequel to Iron Man at some point that might lead into the Avengers. Right. And even knowing, even knowing that they were connected, if you watch those first five movies before the first Avengers, they're, the only way they're connected is through small Easter eggs or post-credit scenes. Yeah, basically just Nick, Nick Fury. Fury. Yeah, there's no direct references or anything, right? Yeah. And so you could do that. Just create kind of like what you were saying is have all your characters be this vastly these vastly different worlds. And like I said, see what resonates. See what people like. So, you know, you're not trying to build... A Justice League that has to have Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, the Flash. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could have a Batman, a Wonder Woman, a Blue Beetle, Green Arrow. You know what I mean? Like, just see what fans like and then just build it from there. Do you think you don't have to answer what you would land on, but how much of a hand do you think you would have in the micromanaging, like script writing and casting and stuff like that. If I'm in charge. Yeah. And like, would you be on set like every day, once a no. week? No, no, no. I want, I would rather. I Even would, with something like Blue Beetle? Uh, No, not really. I mean. All right. In my mind, I'm, uh, again, I like the idea of like allowing, I mean, uh, in my idea of the DCU, you could have essentially like kind of almost what we have at this point, but like. Two, two, three Batman movies, kind of like in various stages. As long as they're not just like, here's a modern day telling of a Batman story. Like you could do. There was somebody pitched one. I don't remember if you and I pitched one or somebody pitched one of like Batman, but it takes place in the third, like in the time when Batman was created. Right. Right. That was or that was the rumor that the Joker that that the Joker movie was going to be. And I was like, that's a brilliant idea. I would love to see that movie. That'd be fantastic. There's no reason that Robert Pattinson's Batman can't exist alongside this Batman hmm. because they're so different. Yeah. You know? And so you can do something like that. You can have multiple versions of this. And then again, if some people like one and not the other, that's fine. That's totally yeah. okay. You're not, 
it doesn't not everything has to be like this is our one thing that we do with this one character and that's it unless you don't like it and then we just scrap all of it. Well, and that's fairly recent too, right? Like like Superman Returns was not in the same universe as Batman Forever or whatever was coming out at the same time. No. You know? It doesn't all, and that's the thing. Like, you you know, it doesn't have to be. It all started with the first phase of the Marvel Universe. Right. But tell all these, you can tell, I mean, if you look at, DC used to have an imprint called Elseworlds, which was, oh, that's where you get like Gotham by Gathslight and and technically Kingdom Come is an Elseworld. Right. And I'm like, tell those stories. Those would be fascinating stories. Yeah. You know, that's a great example of like, you know, I'm trying to avoid all these old actors. Get them all together for a kingdom come, man. Get them all together. Holy shit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, instead of the Dark Knight Returns, tell us. I I know the title's taken Superman Returns, but like tell the Dark Knight Returns version of Superman in the Christopher Reeve universe. Like fast forward. Fake Christopher Reeve onto someone else's body. Sure. Well, you know, but, or get Brandon Routh again. Yeah. I know he did this in the, in the show as well, but get him again and, and give him a full, his own movie where it's that universe, but it's just all the way, you know, it kind of like the old man Logan version of this. Like, I have not seen that movie, but he is such a good choice for Superman. He's great. He's really fantastic. He's so happy and fun and bright. He is. And he's a really, I, I, I actually have a really kind of fond appreciation for that movie it's flawed but it's a decent it's got cal penn right yeah 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 it's kevin spacey in that yeah he's lex luther which for all the problems he's a decent lex luther like yeah. he is you know yeah and so who knew that a sex offender would be a good bad guy i know I, I i can't imagine i don't know what he was drawing from do you know they're making speaking of sex offenders do you know they're making a passion of the christ too i feel like that's been rumored for a while though it's on imdb i mean there's, and jim caviezel there's is in a it. lot of things on imdb oh i am i was gonna say i'm not on IMDb, but i am <laughs> i'm on imdb you are one of the problems that warner brothers is hitting is they're trying to replicate the mcu and i say go Vastly different. So you say turn off the continuity button is the biggest fix. Yes, absolutely. Turn off the continuity button. Turn it completely off. Get everybody to do just whatever they want to do. Also, on the on the business side, it allows you to attract a lot of really interesting talent because you're not shoehorning them in to a certain type. Right. And then firing people like Edgar Wright off yeah. of Ant-Man. Right. But there's a lot of, you know, I've I've heard interviews with smaller filmmakers and, and Marvel likes to try and take um, lesser known filmmakers, new filmmakers, up and coming filmmakers and give them a Marvel movie. One, because it gives a nice voice to a young filmmaker who like hasn't got a chance to get elevated yet, which is great. But two, because they can tell them what to do. Yep. <laughs> it's really what it is. And yeah. I understand that idea. Because David Lynch is not going to take direction well. Right. But that's the thing is like, I mean, it's it's any wonder that Ron Howard was able to come in and do the Han Solo movie. Yeah. Right. That's a, that's a miracle to have someone like that come in because he's not going to take that many notes but maybe that's part of the problem with that movie right but that's the thing is that with this you can attract a ron howard you can attract a spielberg you could attract bigger name directors yeah 
I gotta say, the idea of like a 1930s Batman directed by David Lynch, like all of those things, right. just like putting like a pot and stirred together, yeah, sounds real like a nice. Batman noir, like yeah, I sounds mean, real a genuine yummy. Batman noir, black right? and white. Yeah, purple gloves, Batman. You know what I mean? Like yeah. really. It would be really, really interesting that I think you would attract a lot of interesting talent for both on screen and behind the scenes to to come in and go, oh, that'll do. Yeah. Oh, this isn't going to necessarily marry me to this character for the next 20 years and I have to do 40 of them. Oh, I could be interested in. Yeah. Be interested in this. Oh, it's not going to be just a run of the mill act one, act two, act three, punchy, punchy blow up thing. I could be into this. It's not going to have the same script as the last four movies you made, but you switch out the character names. Right. Exactly. That could be really interesting. Just create a vast library of things. And then if you want to really kind of stick it to Marvel and create uh, a continuity to it, just cherry pick the people, the ones people like best. Yeah. You know, and then keep them and, and then bring it together. Yeah. That could be really cool. It's a good idea. But that's what I'm saying is just go complete opposite. Make Get all the Oscars. Get all the awards. Make the movies that get all the awards. To be fair, I think DC has more Oscars. Than Marvel? Yeah. Won or nominated? Won. Because I know Suicide Squad. Right. I I suspect, I think Joker won some stuff. Yes, it did. Well, he won. Joaquin Phoenix won. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, if we're going back, Dark Knight won. Well, yeah. You know? Heath Ledger. But that's what I mean. Like, you... That sort of thing can happen. You know, a Nolan trilogy can happen again with a different character because Nolan said, I'm doing these three and then I'm out. Yeah. You know how many how many filmmakers would go? I'll do I'll do three of these if you want. I'll do two. I got an idea for, you know, a two movie thing. Great. Go make it. Or even I'll do one. See how I like it. And if I like the process and it does well, I'll I'll come come back back for for two two more. more, You know, and just let them do whatever they want to do. Yeah. I don't, you know, I'm, I, if I was in charge, I would not nitpick. It has to fit in this thing or that thing or, or the other. Yeah. I think we audiences are, are smarty enough. Uh, smarty enough. They are smarty Jeez. enough. They're smarty enough. They're a bunch of smarties, smart enough and savvy enough and cultured enough to do this, to take these movies in at an individual basis. The same reason we didn't have a Spider-Man origin. Right. We don't need it. They're like, how do you do this? And he's like, oh, I made this device. I shoot webs out of it. Right. How strong are you? Well, I can stop a bus. The, it's all you need. Right. But I also think they're savvy enough to just go like, oh, they're making a Batman movie. And then two years later, if it looks really different from the other, they're like, ah, oh, they're making this sort of Batman movie. That looks cool. And to just take a, a film in on an individual basis. That's why I didn't show uh, Clark getting his powers in my first movie. I was just like, it happens. We all know it's it there. The parents yeah. talk about it. There's a reference to it. We see it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of my, I, that's my general idea. I mean, I would love to see. Some characters I would love to see. There's a, I mean, there's Green Lantern is ripe for the picking. You know, there's a, 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 a Green Lantern. I have this idea for a Green Lantern movie that is basically like, a, it's kind of like a mystery noir. Like it's, it's a cop drama in space. It's a far sector. Kind of, they're, they're just, 
they're cops in space. That's what Far Sector is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Far Sector. Sorry, I just realized what you were referencing. Yeah. Because I think there's a show called Far Sector, and I was uh, like, I don't know what you're Farscape? Yeah. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Because, yeah, Far Sector, she's a cop from she's Brooklyn. A cop. <laughs> she's a cop from Brooklyn, and there's a murder mystery in space. And she's, yeah, she's solving a murder mystery. <laughs> right. That's, it's really all that that, that is. Uh, that would make a great hard. movie. It would be fantastic. Janelle Monet? But, oh, my gosh. She would be incredible. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, a blue and gold movie could be absolutely hilarious. Yeah, I was thinking Coen Brothers to direct yeah, that. But that's what I mean. You could yeah. you could go so different with all of these. You just hand it to them and say, do what you want. Yeah, and just go crazy. Make it good. Yeah, whatever. And if it's like not something that you would want to keep in sort of like a full continuity, then you don't. Yeah. Just that was fun. Now we move on to something and else. And five years later, you give Booster Gold and Blue Beetle to someone else. Exactly. Let's see what they can do. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot you can mine there. There's a lot of interesting things you can do. A lot of Booster Gold you can mine there. Ooh, well done. Well Thank done. you. Well treebled. Thank you. Should we go on to the reading assignments? Let's, for the love of God. Okay. So, Andrew, you gave me, because I feel, if I remember, did someone give you... Yes, this was a recommendation. This was a a suggestion for us. So we were recommended to read Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin. That's right. Yes. So this is a five issue series with a story by Kevin Eastman and hang on one second. Who's the other writer? Peter Laird. Thank you. And Tom Waltz and Andy Kuhn. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was published just... This year? Last year. Two years ago. Two years ago. Okay. Would you like me like, to take it over, Chris? Please do, because I'm, <laughs> I'm very sketchy on the details. It was published by IDW Publishing on October 28th, 2020. It's got art from Andy Kuhn and Ben Bates. It follows the last remaining Ninja Turtle as the rest of them have been brutally killed. I can already hear you asking, nay, demanding... And the answer is yes. The last one standing is everyone's favorite turtle. Yertle. It's Yertle the Turtle. I get it. I see what you did there. It takes place 30 years in the future, which begs the question, how can they possibly still be teenagers? <laughs> That's pretty good. What do you think of this comic? Here's the thing. I like this a lot. I think if I read the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles run on, in IDW, I would love this. I had just enough of a kind of passing knowledge of Turtles to be able to still follow along. You mean the animal, just turtles in general. Just turtles in general. I watch a lot of Nat Geo. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, mean, obviously April is in it and the turtles are in it. Casey Jones. Casey Jones is kind of in it. Yeah, yeah. So there's enough that I'm like, I know those characters. And then any, Baxter Stockwell even, uh, him I know. References to Shredder, Shredder, Splinter. Splinter. Yeah. So those, those, having that kind of base knowledge and then it helps. And then from there, I'm like, OK, I get it. There's other characters they've come in contact with. And that even if I don't know who they are, I'm like, OK, I get this is a big deal. Uh, it was kind of interesting because there are times, again, not having read the comics and not being in that world heavily, that there are characters that are referenced that I don't know if they're I don't know if they're made up for this run or if they're actually in the IDW original run and like that's what's going on here. But it was interesting, like I've heard some people say if you want to see if your if your movie is effective in its storytelling, 
turn off the sound and see if you could still understand what the plot is going on. Sure. There were several points in this where I was like, oh, this is a big deal just based on the art alone, specifically when they bring out the the um, robot the head. head. The head. We're going to spoil this, by the way. Yeah. Spoilers for this. Uh, when they bring out the robot head, I was like, I don't know what this is, but yeah, the way no, it's framed, yeah. this is a big deal. And it was it was on the last page. Yeah, I was, I was like, okay, like, this is this is a big reference. The way that this every is. other comic has something very important, like to me, right. on the last page, right. and that was on one of them. And I was like, okay, okay I don't, I don't know what this, I don't is, know what this but is, but, that's, but that's, that's a big deal. I'm rolling with it. Yeah. Overall, though, I did enjoy this. I mean, if you basically listen, this is old man teenage mutant ninja turtles. That's basically what it is. Uh, we've seen this type of story at this point like a hundred times. Yeah. I still enjoy them, though. They're still yeah, fun yeah. exercises. Marvel has a whole run of them. Old Man Hawkeye, Old Man Deadpool. Old Man Quill. Yeah. And they're still... Mm. Old Man Me. Yeah. Old Man Just You. I'll never get old. <laughs> It's weird for as many times as they tell this story over and over, every time a new one comes out, I'm like, I'll read this. I'll see what happens. Uh, What did you think of this? I fucking loved it. Yeah. I loved every page of it. It was kind of a chore because I waited until the last minute and I barely made it through the finish line with Melinda telling me to just not read it because it would be funnier on the show if I hadn't read it. And I was like, I have to read this. I assigned it. And it's not funny because I don't want it to be ruined, which would mean we can't fucking talk about it. So like I was just blazing as fast as I could to try to get through it. I'll probably give it a reread at some point when I have the time. Right. But I, I, I cried at the end of the first issue, just finding out which turtle it is. Because for anyone who doesn't know, yes. the first issue, he doesn't have his mask on. He doesn't have any indicators. He has all the weapons. So you don't know which Ninja Turtle it is at first. And on the last page of the first issue, you find out. And I just, I fucking cried. <laughs> See, I, I remember I had started this while it was going yeah, a while ago and then there were such large gaps between the the issues that i was like i'll just wait till all these come out and then i never got around to it but i actually remember reading this first issue and going oh it's got to be I, I won't say who the turtle is but i was like it's got to be that one it's got i was like it's got to." i had no idea because I, I in fact i guessed wrong see i i mean there are to uh, you go through there are points in the first issue where you're like, oh, it's going to be this. One. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, they kind of dot it. So it's like, oh, it could be this one or it could be this one or it could yeah. be this one. And then you find and it's out also it really like is. which one. One thing I kept asking myself is like I kept thinking like, OK, but which one's the best choice right. to do this story with? And I and I, every time I'm like, all of them would be really good for different they would reasons, be really good for different reasons. The one that they chose. The reason I kind of came to it, I was like, oh, it's got to be this one. And then it was is because you just want to give it the biggest arc possible. And that's the biggest arc possible. And so, like I said, it wasn't a huge surprise to me at the end of the first issue because it was like, well, that fits because you want to give it. It's more of like, you know, this is going to be a weird downer of a thing to say, but it's sort of like when like a a relative or someone, you know, has a terminal illness for years 
And then that person passes and you have like, it's very, very sad, but you also have this like sort of like, I knew this was coming and I expected this. I prepared myself for this. That's what it felt like on that last page was I was like, this is kind of, this was the, like, again, not to spoil it. This is the worst case scenario for me. Like, I was like, this is so heartbreaking. But I was like, I prepared myself for this because I knew it could have been any one of them. Right. And then you find out who it is and you're like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I found it. Is the problem is that the one thing that I found very off-putting about the art is that because there's only one turtle, that he doesn't have to wear the mask at all because we don't need to identify. Yeah. So for most of the time, he's not in the mask or a belt or anything. And I know that that's very minimum clothing, but without him in it, I just kept going like he's just naked. He's just <laughs> he's standing like he's with uh, April's daughter, and I'm like he's yeah. just standing naked. It's there. like he's when Donald Duck naked. takes his shirt off. It's very disturbing. Yeah. It was very off-putting to me. I don't know why that. It makes it is. no sense. None. I remember thinking that as a kid because I, I never read the comics also. Um, and there were some things that I was confused by. But most of it I got from the 1980s cartoon. Okay, yeah. Because I, I watched that as a kid. Yeah. And I remember there are scenes where they don't have their stuff on. And I didn't think it was weird that they were naked. But I remember being like, how? I, I remember just like it broke my brain. Right. That like. You just take off the masks and the weapons, and they're identical. Yep. And it it wrecked my mind. Right, right. <laughs> it's and so weird one, how different they look. He spends so much time just not in any of it. I know. And it's I was literally like, just it. a headband and a belt. It's it. I don't know why that makes complete it's clothing so to weird. me. It's like when you were a kid. Did you ever like see someone with a beard when you were a kid every day, like a teacher, and then they shave their beard, and you're like, who the fuck is that? Like, what is this? What is this? Yeah, is... and it's weird, and you're like off, put off it's by for days. Off-putting. Yeah, it's, it's very like off-putting. that. It's like clearly the same person yes. who changed one small thing about themselves. And it's very off-putting. It for is. many, many issues, the, the, he's like that. And You also really notice that like he just has dead eyes. Yeah. Just like white eyes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's very weird. Yeah, I I mean, listen, the story does, without spoiling it, what you think it's going to do for the most part. I mean, there are twists and turns for sure. But we, like I said, we've read this kind of last stand, this old, this last adventure, the old man, something, something from a lot of other characters. And so you kind of know what it is, what it is. But it's still really interesting. It's still really good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I would have it. loved for this to be five volumes instead of five issues. Yeah. I mean, I flesh would, out the world a little more. I add some I, more characters. I definitely would live in this world a little bit more again without knowing. I guess the only and this is this will be a bit of a spoiler. So just brace yourself. But they do kind of kill off like. A lot of the other supporting characters, I should say, they're killed off when the story starts. They're they're already dead when we find the story. So, like, not just three of the turtles, but, like, a lot of the other, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. characters that, that you know from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are I mean, it's, already it's dead. old man Logan. Like, right. and I'm half, like half his friends are dead. Right. But yeah. I would lo- I, like it, the tragedy of that is like even after the end of the story, I would still live in this world if there were a few more of those characters around. Like yeah. I would read like an old man Casey Jones story, you know, after that takes yeah. place after this. Well, And frankly, there are characters that I remember who right. we don't hear anything about. Presumably True. they died a long time ago. Right. But there are characters who are just not mentioned in right. this comic. So we could have some of those too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, overall, this was enjoyable. I like I said, I had started before, and the only reason I it dropped off for me is because the issues were so spaced out. Yeah, that they were like three months apart from each other. So by the time issue two came out, I was like, "What the fuck happened in issue I, one?" I remember I looked on. Um, there's like a TMNT Wikipedia page for the right. comics. But it's not actually Wikipedia. It's like TMNT Wiki or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a fandom. And there was like a comment section that spanned the course of the comic. And it was full of people. You could tell every time an issue came out because people would be like, there would be like six comments that all happened within a week of each other that are people asking, anyone know when the next issue is coming out? Right. And then it'd be like six months later. Yeah. And there'd be like, wow, that was a great issue they just released. Anyone know when the next issue is coming out? Yeah, it took a while. It was it was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fairly quick read. I mean, they're longer issues they're like 50 pages or something. So they're a little bit longer in issues. But as far as pacing, I don't think there's a real there's not a huge pacing issue in this. There's a little I will say this. The pacing in this, the one it does fall behind where and this is kind of what you were saying with Undiscovered Country last time is that in order to tell a lot of like. Let's fill in what happened yeah. before this series starts. There's literally one where it's like two of those back to back. And it doesn't really come. It, it kind of plays very clunky of like, yeah. I'm just going to just expound this story to yeah, you. Yeah, well, so every issue has like it's equal parts what's happening right now. Right. And it's explaining what happened to one of the turtles that died. Yeah. And so it would have been nice if it was a little more interwoven and yeah. textured in rather than like, you know, why are you so jaded? And it's like, because of this yeah. <laughs> three page story I'm telling you. <laughs> and then they get done and they're like, wow, that was a sad story. And he's like, I know let's go defeat a fort or whatever. They <laughs> Let me go say to. too, some of the artwork is so good. It is. There's. I screenshotted. Melinda kept looking over at me because I was trying to screenshot it at the perfect zoom on my phone to get it just right. There's a. There's a thing where one of the characters decapitates three people with a single sword swing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. There's. <laughs> um. I mean, I will say the 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 flashbacks, the kind of exposition that they do. What I like is the kind of difference in art style. I, it's so, one so vastly different, but it's also it also kind of harkens back to the original, the comic. original Eastman and so Laird, yeah. Eastman and Laird comics. So it it really does feel like, oh, we're going to go back to the beginning again to yeah. tell you this. Well, it's great, too, because it feels a lot like this is made for the kids who found TMNT in the 80s. Right. When it was on cart, when it was for kids. Right. And it was just a bunch of cowabunga dudes eating pizza. And now it's like, no, now you're all in your 30s and 40s. It's time to fuck some shit up. There's cursing in this. There's yeah. blood everywhere. People are losing limbs. People are getting stabbed. The turtles fully kill people. Yeah. They grew up with us is what it feels like. Yes. A bit exactly. like I always yeah. say that about the Harry Potter movies, that the first movie is very much a kid's movie. And the last movie is an adult film for the kids who watched the first one. And this feels like, and I think one of the reasons they went with the art style of like Eastman and Laird for the flashbacks, it's like, all right, if you used to read the Eastman and Laird comics and you were a kid when you started reading those comics, now if you're an adult and you're like, and now I'm done with 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because I'm an adult and I'm going to move on. It's like, here's one last story to send you on your way. Yeah. Like, it's let's finish this this long weaving tale that we've been telling you for 40, 50 years. Right. And we'll just finish this off. And then you can no longer, you don't have to ever read this again. But go, you know, go with God, essentially. Like, <laughs> be done with this. Here you go. You don't have to feel like you're missing anything out. Yeah. But overall, I do really like this. There, There's... The the pluses highly weigh out the minuses on this. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I loved it. I have. I mean, if I say anything negative about it, it's kind of just because I need to say something negative about it. Yeah, there. You know, because I, it's no fault of the book or of the story that we don't know who these characters are. No, you know? not at all. Yeah, yeah, like I said, the exposition thing is the only thing that's kind of like a little slow. But even those yeah. stories, they're very good. I'm interested because I need to. I want to know what the backstory. And of this some is. of them are quite. They're very heartbreaking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of you're really touched by it. Yeah. There is yeah. a heart to this as well. Yeah. That they really kind of put into this, which is nice. All right. You want your reading assignment, sir? I can think of nothing I'd like more. OK, so I'm going to give you uh, good news. It's, it's a Tom a King story. Oh. I mean, even better. I'm going to give you the human target by Tom King. So this is a DC book. I don't think it's collected in a trade paperback. I think it's six issues. And actually there's a, there's like a, actually I think a seventh one just came out. So oh, so it's going now. It's going now. You'll see, you'll, you'll be able to find it, but uh, six, right now it's six issues. So I, I wasn't going to say this, but since you brought it up, I'll, I'll just let you know it's six issues right now. And then it's kind of taken a break. And then they he put out like one interlude issue just the other day. And then it's going to pick up by the time this. Epis- no, I'm sorry. By the time we talk about this reading assignment, issue seven, the second half of the series is going to about to drop. It's too much math. You're going to read the first half of this and, and we'll talk about it in time for the second half of this to begin. Great. This is what I'm saying. Okay, man, what a weird way to say that. I know. I know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for it. This has been one I've been holding on to for a little while and trying to find the right time to do it. And I was going to try and wait till all of the issues were out. And really. But you were like, we'll be dead by then. I'm so excited about this series. I'm like, nah, let's just do it at the halfway point. Let's just do it now. I mean, that's what we did with Saga. Exactly. This is it. The Human Target by Tom King. All I'm, right. I'm very interested in this. The Human Walmart. I see what you did. That was cute. That was a cute one. Thank you. Actually. Thank you. They're not all great, but that one, that was pretty good. Listen, they are all great. You're tired, aren't you? Oh, I'm going to pass out if we uh, don't hurry this up. Okay. Well, um, I'm oh, manifesting the fact that I'm a funny person. Hey, Andrew. Yeah. Hey, Andrew. Yes. Hey, Andrew. Yeah. Where can they find us? Well, they can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, SoundCloud.com slash The Media Lunch Break. You can listen to us bright and early 8 a.m. every single Tuesday. And uh, maybe you can listen to other shows pretty soon. Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. But uh, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. We're getting some we're getting some submissions in. Yep. And we're gonna talk about that in a little bit too. So make sure you're turning in your submissions by the end of this month. In fact, by tomorrow. Tomorrow? <laughs> By tomorrow. By tomorrow. Oh, my God. Hurry it. Stop what you're doing right now and record something and just send it to us. And we'll tell you if it's good. Great. Twitter. 
is out I don't know there. Why I just, it's a yeah. thing. It's a yes, thing. It, Look it, it exists, and, and you know what? We're on it, and no one can fucking say otherwise. We're there, and we're queer. What? So get used to it. <laughs> Anyway, our handle there is at Media Lunch Break. You can also find us on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube.com slash The Media Lunch Break. Somehow, we haven't been deleted yet. Um, you can also find us on TikTok, where our handle is at The Media Lunch Break. I almost said Lunch Lady. At The Media Lunch Break. I've got a bone to pick with TikTok. Who does So sit down. We're going to be here another 30 minutes. No. Every time I get on TikTok, there's creators complaining about, and, and TikTok doesn't like to show my videos to people. My A week ago, I had a video that had 20,000 views, and my last one only had 2,000. Wah, 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 wah. And I'm, I'm always like, yeah, 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 whatever. The algorithm picks what it picks. The whole point of this platform, TikTok, is that the main page is the For You page. It shows you videos that you otherwise wouldn't see. The point is to follow accounts, and that gives the algorithm an idea of what you like, and then it shows you other accounts like that, right? So the whole point is that like any video you post will get 100, 200 views easy. The lowest end we've ever gotten is about 100 views. The last videos we put out, you know how many views they each got? How many? Zero. Mm. It was like weeks ago. One of them was the submission podcast one. And I'm like, what? Zero. So that means they li- the algorithm did not send either of them to anyone, which is what it's supposed to do. But whatever. Fuck that company. I can't. I, uh, I'm so done with TikTok. Fuck TikTok. I loved TikTok. I'm addicted to it. Now I'm going through withdrawal. So fuck TikTok until I open it back up again. You can also find us on Patreon, where uh, we're at patreon.com slash the media lunch break. Where if you would like to hear an old man complain about children's technology, you can go there and listen to it instead of here, wherever you're listening to it right here. And uh, if you chip in a little bit of extra money, you can like put in like a dollar a month. I'll complain about some other children's apps. You name it. I'll complain about it. That could be a new podcast. That is this podcast. I just turned it into this podcast. That's amazing. (laughs) I'll do it right here, right now. I don't give a shit. Uh, what other, what other, what are the kids, what apps are the kids using? I don't know, man. Grinder. Yes. I'll talk about what I don't like about Grinder. What don't you like about Grinder? The name. It sounds like you're talking about a woman. You're saying Grinder, like I, Grinder. I barely know her. If it was a lesbian only app, that would make sense. But a lot of dudes use that app. Hey, Andrew. Yeah. Go to bed, dude. <laughs> You can also send us an email at themedialunchbreak at gmail.com, or you can visit our website, which is www.themedialunchbreak.com. Give us a rating and reviewing on iTunes, SoundCloud, or YouTube. Special thank you to Julie. Thanks, Julie. Chris, do your thing that you're going to do so I can go to sleep. All right. So, uh, Andrew's just talked about leaving a rating and a review, and you can do that right in app. If you leave a five-star rating, you can leave whatever you want in the review. Uh, this week in the review, why don't you just... Just give Andrew something sweet to to fall asleep to. Just type him a little lullaby or something. As always, what do you, what what is that? What is, I can't see what that is. What is it? This is disturbing to me. Stop, stop doing that. Stop it. Stop right now. You wanted me to go faster. Now you're doing this and you're digging in whatever. That's what she said. Gosh. It's a little, uh, Rowan got a Happy Meal the other day and it came with a little Joker toy. So I stole it from him. Good. I like a good parent does. <laughs> I was like, are you taking a bag of Skittles? What are you doing over there? <laughs> As always, 
you know, we just talked about uh, the last Rona. We just talked about the DCEU. But if there's something out there that you want us to talk about and you're like, hey, why did you idiots spend this much time talking about all this crap? So, uh, yeah, why do you review the last Ronin when you could have been reviewing the first Ronin? I need to finish this up because you're going to keep doing that. And <laughs> it's just, it's not getting good. You better hurry up. If you got an idea for a reading assignment, a subject, something you want us to talk about, send it on over. Next week, we're going to be, it's the best damn day of the week. It's Tuesday news Tuesday, day. Tuesday. after that, we're talking about the human target and who knows what. So if you say, hey, I know what you should be talking about for two weeks from now. Send it over to us. Let us know. If you are a creator, you made something, a movie, you shot a pilot, a TV pilot. I feel like I need to say that now. You shot a TV pilot. You uh, did something else. I don't know. You wrote a comic. You want us to put some eyes on it, some ears on it. You want us to give it a shout out, give it a little critique. Send it over. We'll talk about it. If you made a podcast... Don't send it over for the reading assignment. Send it over because we're looking for pilots for new podcasts to put right here on our stream. You have until tomorrow to send us one. We've gotten some really good ones so far. Don't let that intimidate you. Let that inspire you. Because we've also gotten some really bad ones. Yes, we have. And I'm not going to say who they're from, but they're from Andrew. Yeah. That's not true. I don't even know if that's true. It is. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, send those over. We are, like I said, we're looking to expand this. If you have an, had an idea for a podcast and you're like, I've always wanted to do this. Put yourself on mic doing it. It doesn't have to be good quality. You can record it right on your phone. That's totally fine. We'll deal with the technical stuff after that. But if you have an idea, just be like, this is my idea. This is a rough idea of, uh, of what the podcast would sound like. We just want to hear the content. We just, if it's between two people, we just want to hear what you guys sound like talking to each other. That's it. And we'll go from there. All right. But this is what we're looking to do. We're looking to boost some people up. We say it every single week. That's how easy it is to make a thing. It's going to get, it's very easy to make a thing. We want to show you how easy it is to make that thing. Other than that, I feel like that's a about it. I feel like I missed something, but I can't remember what it is, and Andrew's too tired to remind me. Are you still talking? Yep. Holy hell. So, that's it. Like I said, next week, best damn day of the week, everybody. Tuesday, Newsday. And after that, we'll figure something out from there. But that's it. There it is. There wasn't a thing, and now there's a thing. And that's how easy it is to make a thing. Go out and make a thing. If you're listening to us now, hopefully you've been making a thing this whole time. That's it. Andrew, you want to go to sleep? I have two questions. I have two answers. One, do you think people who don't like the Tuesday Newsday call it the Tuesday Poos Day? Go on to question two. Question think- two. Okay. Do you think there's a porn parody called The Last Bonin? The answer to both of those questions is yes. And the answer to both of those questions is I'm the one who made them. I couldn't be more proud of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Good night, everybody.